Welcome back to How to Be Queer. This is Sam. And this is Callum. And today we're talking about coming out, families, and being queer. Hey Sam, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? I'm... <laughs> I'm living my life the best way I can. Actually, my mom was just here. Oh, that's fine. first time coming to Chilliwack and I had this conversation actually it's kind of fitting with this podcast I was having a conversation with her about stuff and I was like I feel obligated to explain this to you because if something happens to you and I never talk to you about it then I will regret it for the rest of my life right and as per usual she just went we've been known and that's fine and we love you and it's fine (laughs) okay and she's like yeah she's like you've always just been this way and we've always just been okay with it and we've never really thought anything of it. And I was like, okay. Wow. It was a really good visit. Yeah. We had like, we had a lot of very serious talks and it was kind of draining by the end of it. Um, but I think it was like a little bit of what we needed because I, since I've moved home, I I think you knew when I was in Ontario, I was very close with my mom. Um, and then I moved home and I have not kind of shut them all out. So just trying to rebuild on that. And so this weekend was really nice for that. But anyway... That's super deep and kind of sad. So but how are you? <laughs> how do you follow that? Um, I'm great, actually. Um, I'm actually playing single parent for the next like 10 days because my partner is on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, very well deserved. I forgot about that. Yeah, so they're on a cruise with their twin right now, mm-hmm. um, which is super exciting. They're having a blast in the sunshine. Yeah. They, they sent me a message. They're like, hey, how's it going? It's like, 27 degrees in sunshine. I was like, it's eight degrees in rain. I'm great. I don't even, I don't even want to hear it from you because it fucking snowed here where it doesn't oh, snow. Okay, and it's been yeah. like minus three. <laughs> you win. You win. I'm like, what the fuck? I saw it the other day one of my friends was wearing shorts. And I was like, I mean, I, I wore shorts out the other day. Like, sorry. You're one of those. I Did know. You say your hair right now, though. It's very much giving me like like 90s Johnny Depp. Johnny, if you're listening, do better. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the hair is definitely a move. So yeah. thank this you. Looks, it's a good look. This is a really good look. Thank you. I wore a little like little like half up bun the other day. So I'm doing great. But you do it do it so well, truly. It's distracting. You and Chris, when we do this, oh, I'm know. like staring at the two of you. And I'm like, how did I get so lucky to just witness this beauty in one place? On that note. Chris is ill this week, unfortunately. So listeners are stuck with the Sam and Kellum show. And by stuck, I mean graced because it's going to be fun. So I guess like on topic with what I was saying with um, my conversation with my mom and her just being, wow, I'm really just jumping into it, eh? Yeah, um, share, share as much or as little as you want. Give as much context as you want. Or can you just throw us in the deep end? That's fine too. Yeah, well, you know uh I just like realizing a lot about myself um and I was just like I knew she already knew like my whole family knows Mm -hmm. um that I identify as queer and they're just like yeah that's we know like it's fine like you don't really pay attention to those sorts of things like it's just the person who's in front of you and that's what you're that's what you go for and I'm like okay fair enough that's very true and I just realized like I've said it on here before that I've just been very fortunate that I have the family that I have because it's never been debated it's never been forced none of that super super 
totally okay with any of the decisions that I've made. It's my life and they're going to support it hundred percent regardless. Obviously this conversation went along the same lines as well, because again, they already knew, but I just needed to do it for myself. Yeah. Um, and you know, for a while there, they were all like, we can't wait for you to bring home a girlfriend. That's what we want for you. That's what you need. Like, I remember when I, I know when I I moved back to BC, like that was like, my sister's like, that's who you're going to bring home next Christmas. Like, it's going to be a woman and we know it. And like, I was like, okay, guys, like whatever. Um, so, you know, that's the only kind of force anything on me that's ever happened. And it wasn't even, it was just like in passing, but, um, I know I've said it a lot, but I, the reason why I wanted to kind of talk about it more is that obviously I work for a company that's full of very queer individuals. I was in a meeting and one of them has a child that is queer because we were also talking about how we have like a lot of um, non-binary people coming into the store and how we're going about making sure that we're asking our pronouns during first sips and um, things of that nature. And um, one of the people that worked came out as like non-binary but their parents weren't accepting of it and then another parent slash person I work with was like when my kid came out I needed time I needed a grace period and I think that's okay and I was like okay this is something and I immediately texted you and Chris because I was like we need to talk about this and so I thought like I was like this is what this one's I want this to be about this is what we need to talk about because I know that my opinion on it would be very different from Chris and yours. Mm. But that I think that comes from a place of different experiences. Yeah. Because I don't really have to deal with anything. Like I can go about my business day to day and no one's going to say shit. Like I'm just another white girl to everyone. And that's what it is. Right. But anyway, so I just wanted to like talk about that and what they meant because I know for them, I know the story Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, a bit, and they were worried. And I know for some people, like, it makes sense that you'd be worried because the, the lives that they've lived in the past, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't been an accepting world. Yeah. Um, but the, it's a very different place now. And so I just want to hear what yeah. your thoughts are on that. And like maybe your own experiences and stuff, because you've had to come out more than once. And so I, you know, boom, let's go. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think the the idea of like parents needing grace is one thing. I think like, first of all, everyone gets a grace period like that. We get grace periods. When I first came out as non-binary, I had to give myself grace because for anyone who is like me and has like a running monologue in their head 24 mm-hmm. seven, um, and previously it was not always the healthiest inner monologue. I'm doing much better now, but like previously, like sometimes it, I wasn't the nicest to myself and I would mm-hmm. gender myself in my head and I had to give myself grace. Grace is one thing when parents or siblings or family or friends are like, I need to grieve. That's a oh, whole, yeah. whole nother thing. Yeah. So not appropriate yeah. at all. And so when it comes to grace, it always, it always comes back to like, is it grace and space or is it grace and grieving? Because Mm -hmm. like the first time I came out, I left home the day before Christmas and I didn't come back or two days before Christmas and I didn't come back till Christmas Eve. 
And I, I went and stayed with my like girlfriend at the time because it was just not a healthy way for me to spend two full days after being away at, you know, university. And I can joke now and be like, haha, remember that year I ruined Christmas? But like quite literally, that's what it was the first year. I yeah. I've now come out like two more times, I think. <laughs> um, and like, I just don't anymore. I just show mm-hmm. up at my parents' doorsteps after a few weeks and they're like, oh, you look different. You sound different. Your hair is long. You're wearing makeup and you have facial hair. <laughs> you don't get it. Now what? Like, there's no conversation anymore, but I also have the privilege of living away from home. Yeah. And so there's, there's that distance for us. Mm-hmm. So there's like the physical space, which gives them grace to fuck up when I'm not around. But I will say like, it has gotten better. This is my seventh year out to my yeah. family. I think I've been out to friends for almost like eight years now, eight or nine. Yeah, I was going to say it was like eight or nine. It wasn't too... Not that I was around for when that yeah. happened, but I just remember discussing it because I yeah. came into your life shortly after you had come out to your parents. Yeah, it was like six or seven months after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, like, it's been a while for us, but they still make mistakes. Um, but theirs is also a very, they, they don't believe in anything but the gender binary. Yeah. And I came out and I was like, I'm non-binary, use these pronouns. They just said no. Yeah. And that will probably never change for my parents. My brothers try. But like one of the things that my, one of my brothers has said is like, I feel like I lost my sister. And we've since, we've, we've come a long way since then. But that's mm-hmm. along the same lines of like, oh, I have to grieve who you were. It's like, no, I'm still here. I'm actually more myself now. Yeah, but that's always been a, like a question of mine, you know, I don't, um, I think like, when again, we weren't talking at this time when you would come out as non-binary, but you know, I was looking from the distance. And um, I was like, no, this makes sense. Like, yeah. I knew this. I think like the last time I saw you in person, which was actually when you were on your first date. With your current oh my partner, gosh, that's right. It was yeah, like, I look back at that. And I look at your like mannerisms and things. Because I remember leaving and, and like discussing that. And I was like, something going on here. And then like that happened. And I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like this is so fitting. And, um, but I was, I never, I don't really think I ever had to, I didn't grieve you and Chris um, yeah. and like acknowledging this part of yourself. Um, but I always did wonder like what people meant by that. Because it's like, yeah. And I've heard, like, trans and non-binary people, like, always discussing, like, oh, I grieve the person that I was. And I'm, like, in in what regard does that mean? Because the thing is, like, what like what you just said, like, I'm now more myself than I ever was. So, you know, are you grieving over the, the person that you thought you were trying to be? Or are you grieving over the, the experiences that you had and this bubble you were trying to fit into? And... It's- it's so interesting you say that because first of all, like the, I think everyone goes through a grieving process if they have children. I'm not a parent. I have a dog. She's everything. <laughs> she, has, she has shattered my expectations for her. 
But that's the thing. Parents have expectations for their kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a conversation. I don't remember which one of my parents it was with, but it was very much of like, this is not what we wanted for you. And there's, there's the fine line when you're talking with family, especially send dog, um, <laughs> who, oh, it's a tail. <laughs> who, um, they, they want, they want something for your life. Right. And yeah. maybe they want something for their life. They want to be grandparents. They want to be, you know, they want to have the big family celebrations. All of that can still happen if you're queer or if you're trans, if you're non-binary, but it just happens differently. Mm-hmm. And so there's like that aspect of the grieving and then like the grieving of yourself. I don't know, like the universe is, this is the third conversation I've had about this in the last like 10 days, I would say. It, it's wild to me that it's all coming up. I think it's because it, we're coming to the end of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of reflection. Yeah. Yeah. People are thinking <laughs> about their years. And I mean, the last two years for our community has been so transformative because we've had access to online communities and online spaces in a much, I don't want to say like a pressure cooker type of environment, but yeah. like sometimes I leave my house and I forget that there's straight people <laughs> because even, even in my new job, like so many of my closest friends are part of our community. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's parts, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this too. There's the more I learn about myself, about who I am, the more I think back to like my inner child and like what they were trying to become and what they were trying and what they were going through and be like, yeah, I'm grieving those experiences that they didn't get to have. I wanted to say that. I wanted to say like, you know, I don't have to, again, like a very lucky, like I've never had to identify as anything. It's just been accepted and you do you, we love you or whatever. But I do think like just with the personal experiences and you know, you know, my life, I was very open with you and instantly because you're just so easy to talk to. But um, I, I think in recent years, I have started grieving for who I was as a child mm. in that regard where it's just like, I feel for them. Yeah. And it seems like such a separate part of who I am now, but I also at the same time would not be the person I am today had those experiences not happened. And I'm not saying they're good. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like I'm saying it's a good thing. It's like, obviously no one would want people to have these experiences and face these things for sure. You know, Um, I think we all deserve peace and like, I don't know. And not to sound like a hippie, but like, yeah, like peace and love and support and comfort. Like that's fucking bare minimum. But at the same time, I would not be remotely close to who I am now had I not had those experiences. Um, And so even if I were to take one away, I have no idea how different my life would be. So I can't, I can't like, so I can feel for that person. I can feel for that version of myself. And the way they were thinking at the time when I look back now, but it, it doesn't seem like it is me. It seems like such a removed version, yeah. like an entirely different entity that you just like, you're hearing their experience and you're like, yeah, no, I'm sorry yeah. that happened. It's like, like, you're like on the outside watching yourself yeah. experience. Yeah. Thing. yeah. 
Yeah, that's what it, so is it kind of like that then? Because I was like, I can kind of understand that aspect. Yeah, um, my first, not my first, my second episode with the podcast where we talked about queer time theory, mm-hmm. it, in some ways it relates so similarly to that because when, when we come out, we, it's almost like this reversion to like our younger selves. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I mean, this is a broad, this is a broad statement. So just mm-hmm. prefacing. Yeah. Like you have so many people, so many women who come out as lesbians and start dressing like teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I did that. I did that. My first semester away from school after I came out, I was with a partner at the time who totally affirmed me dressing a little bit more masculine. And man, I looked like, I looked like an extra on the football team and it was fucking great because it was the first time I could really do that. And I mean, I, I was definitely a tomboy growing up. Mind you, I could still run the football pitch in, (laughs) but apart from that, like I was wearing cargo shorts and combat boots and <laughs> those stupid seatbelt belts and yes. layering. I still wear those. Yeah, I can't find them anywhere. <laughs> journeys. Oh, there we go. But like, you, we have this, we have this moment where we feel so ourselves, and then it's almost as if I mean, at least for me. The first, the first few weeks, I started noticing changes to like, thanks to my hormones. I was like, this is so terrifying, A, because unlike my brothers, I didn't have my dad to teach me how to shave mm-hmm. and dad to teach me how to deal with like acne and facial hair at the same time. And like both my brothers and my dad have impeccable facial hair. Like they have beautiful beards. I aspire Mm -hmm. to have facial hair like that, but they went through it 10 and 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so that was an experience that like, that I didn't get to have. So I grieve that experience, Mm -hmm. even though I know it would look so different for me because it wouldn't be me. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to like throw yourself back and also watch yourself now. Yeah. Be like, oh, hey, I'm doing this now and the timing is perfect the way it is and that's the thing like you can't unfortunately go back so you also have to find acceptance in the fact that yeah it may have taken me a time to get here but I got here um and also who's to say like you know was it not just an accumulation of everything happening in your life that led you on this path to come to this point where you're like this is who I am I was thinking like the other day or not thinking the other day when you had said like working with people who are in the community and like understanding that like, you know, we can have some, it's been actually really incredible. I would say in recent years where I remember like when we were again, bringing up David C, we all kind of had to come out to each other. (laughs) We're like, we're this and we're that. And like, this is who I am. And then meanwhile, like in the environment that I'm in now, um, nobody's coming out. It's just, you know, I have two people who work at my work and, they're together then you know there was at this location there was like two there's two non-binary people working here okay it wasn't a big hoopla it's just when I had asked about them and everyone said they 
they yeah. and they were just like really emphasizing they them i was like okay they've been pronouns so, so, cool. solid so, yeah. so solid um moving forward like yeah it's not really anything now um yeah it's yeah, just it's, is and that's the thing like when you can show up in a space and just be like i i mentioned previously um that i did like a pronoun presentation in with my new team i didn't have to like I didn't have to identify myself or like justify why I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. I literally was just like, like I added in that I was queer and trans because I think it's important. But up until like the fifth or sixth slide, they just thought I was another person talking about pronoun inclusivity. That's and the thing. Like, listening, like yeah. I actually knew what I was talking about. Well, you do. Well, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> they were they were like what's what's your what's your identity and why do you have why do you have any right to talk yeah. about this? why are you so passionate about it and it's like yeah mm-hmm. well I know yeah well that's like even in like my meetings like I'll be you know they're they will discuss things like when we went and did pride or whatever and I was like and I'll say these little things and it's just they're like oh yeah that's a good point okay and then it's just ta- a tag tagged in like I was just like in the first steps we should be discussing pronouns and what we should be doing is like give them their a pronoun pin when they first start. And like, if you feel uncomfortable asking, cause a majority of them are older. I was like, if you feel like you don't know how to phrase that adequately, just show them the whole thing and let them yeah. pick which pin that they want. Yeah. Um, that's a really easy way to navigate it. Then it's just having these open-ended conversations where it's not like, why do you care about this? And like, it's just interesting. I don't know. Um, like no one, no one really questions it. It's just accepted. And I know that's not an environment that everyone has the luxury of being in. So I'm not going to say like, oh, the world is such a great place and everything's perfect and it's mm-hmm. coming up daisies. It's I just am fortunate that I can be in environments that are very accepting. Mm-hmm. Not really questioned. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't even have words. I just know that with my realization recently, the only kind of pushback that I, I had which I was kind of surprised about was just my mom being like, why, <laughs> why are you redebating this now? And I was like, I'm not redebating anything. I'm just like saying like, this is where, this is what I think's going on. Yeah. And she was like, okay. And she asked me if you were, were with a woman, would you be okay having that connotation that you're a lesbian? And I said, why would I care if people thought I was a lesbian? <laughs> And she was like, well, I just mean, and I was like, no, 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 no. You've been so accepting this whole time. You don't care what I do and who I'm with. But are you worried about the world thinking Mm. that that's what I I am? Yeah. And making the assumption that maybe I've never had the relationships with men that I have or so on and so forth. And she was like, no, I just never really, I just, to see that version. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm just, I just don't really see an issue with it. (laughs) I don't really think I'd care I think my problem now is that I can't go in public with my partner without people being like not understanding like the the complexity of Mm -hmm. sexuality and that just because I am with somebody who is just like a cis male that I can invalidate my experience but again bigger picture yeah is that really a fucking struggle like there's bigger fish to fry than me having the assumption of that like I could give a fuck but like it, in some certain circumstances is like that kind of feels shitty but mm-hmm. again like it's not really the the issue going on that needs to be prioritized <laughs> like, well, and but it also like it also does like I mean we need to prioritize what our assumptions about people's 
relationships are and also like who the fuck's business is it you know, you know what I mean like it's one of those things where I love so much that we are moving from a place where we don't always have to come out we don't mm-hmm. always have to use labels we can use umbrella labels and people aren't just like but what do you actually mean it means I'm yeah it means I'm fucking queer period end of story mm-hmm. if you know if you're part of the inner circle you know what it means to me and it means something different to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. But it's also like when you and your partner are out in public, you're out in public with your partner. End of story. And I think it's just so easy to feel invalidated about those feelings though, because there is like higher priority things. So for me, I'm just like, oh, of course, like little white girl complaining that like <laughs> people think she's straight. Oh, poor, poor Sam. And it just seems so stupid. Like, I'm just like, I can't. I can't have, I don't want to have this complaint and seem like that, that, that is where my like soul focus and like where I'm upset while I, because you are right. Like the assumption about like who people are and what they're doing and, and what their relationship is and how they identify. It's not really anyone's business when you're just walking down the street with each other. Like no one needs to know that side of you. It's your circle and the people around you that like, and even then like there's, there's gray areas, right? Yeah. But it's like, um, it just feels very trivial for me to complain, not to complain about, but to like acknowledge that that is something that can be extremely invalidating. And then with my mom's question being like, well, what if you like, would you, and I was like, why would I, and I don't think she meant it in a way of like Mm -hmm. something like sinister or like judgy, like, oh, I could never, because no, truly that would make no fucking sense my my, yeah. my, my mom's queer and has had um partners but like the I think it was just like more so I think like she just maybe didn't I think it was one thing for her to be like oh yeah like you've always just loved who you've loved um I think it's another to be like no you really that's a real thing mm-hmm. and it's like actually settled in and she's like okay because I think when you constantly see someone with one version, it's hard to identify them with another. Especially when, like, that fluidity has always been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, especially when it's just, from what I know of your family, it's always been, you love who you love. Cool, you love this person? Great. It's like the theory separated from the practice. Exactly. It's, it, yeah, it's very interesting because I have... I have a friend of mine who who identifies as queer, has never been with a woman, but always, always, always feels like she needs to come out and tell people how she identifies because they don't validate her because she is in a hetero-presenting relationship. Do you not remember, like, 19, 20-year-old me who was consistently doing that all the time because I was just like, I just want someone to believe me. I just want someone to listen to me because I don't feel secure in in this label. I don't feel like people take me serious in this label. And so I'm overcompensating by going off. Not to like make assumptions about your friend here, but like I know that that's why I was doing that for so long. And then through this podcast, I was like, I know who I am and I know what I am and, and it's constantly changing and evolving and like, if you want to make that assumption about me, like fucking go for it. People have always made assumptions about me and I've just done me anyway. So I'm, I'm over it. 
Yeah. Um, I know, again, Chris and you, you're all like, there's still more, Sam, that you haven't figured out yet. And I, <laughs> like, I mean, so we're, we're coming from a place of like, hey, we've been there too, right? Yeah. Like, I remember, yeah. I remember one of the earliest fights I ever had with, it was one of my roommates in college and it or in university. And it was very much on like how I presented. And it was like, well, if you're so masked, like, just be like a, just be like a masked lesbian or whatever. And I was <laughs> like, but I'm not just that. And it was like, they were like, you, you got to pick. And again, non-binary. Yeah. Like those, that language didn't exist, but like, they were like, oh, well, if you're going to show up like this all the time, why don't you just come out like, like come out as that? Yeah. And it was like, well, I, I don't need to. I don't need to, I, I don't want to. And like, it's not necessary. I like realized like if you listen to old ones, I'm like, yeah, I dress like a lesbian all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it always happens like that, doesn't it? Yeah, like, I'm just like, I just like it. Like, this is just like how I like to be. And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. With my partner away right now, I was doing some like reorganizing of our closet. So mm-hmm. honey, if you hear this before you come home, I'm sorry. And I like found this like travel, um, like I did like a backpacking tour before I started university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I traveled with a bunch of strangers for a bit. And all of them wrote some version of like, Cal, it was so great to meet you. Thanks for traveling with us. And it was like, like all the memories, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. Cal is such a walking contradiction. That's like the subtext for non-binary back in 2010. <laughs> and mm. I was always that person. And it's like, duh. Mm-hmm. And then, but when you start living it, people are like, oh, are, are you sure? And that's like what I think I'm like, I'm like trying to explain things. <laughs> it's just like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? hundred percent. But have you tried? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so you don't have to. And it's also weird because I'm also like very honest about my life with my mom and like, you know, she's, she's known like the things that I've done and, and, and like, I've always been open. Like when I've had, like had feelings for somebody or like people, cause like, if we're looking at last year, I was like talking to this girl, or whatever, and you know, I was like telling my mom about it. I was like, "Yeah, it's really exciting." Like, blah 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 blah. And so it's just like I don't understand why, like me, just like being like, "Hey, I just need to reaffirm like, like this is my identity, and I need to have this conversation with you because we've never had a formal one." Yeah. And for her to be like, "Wait a second. And it's like, okay, I'm a bit confused here, babe. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like. And I don't think she meant it in a, like an invalidating way. I think yeah. it's just like the reality set in of like, oh yeah. Like this could be the potential of your life. And it's like, yeah. okay. But yeah. I, again, like I just, I feel like I can't really like, that's not like, that's really not the worst thing that can happen in that scenario. <laughs> like, still pretty, pretty decent. So yeah. do you think your mom is ever concerned for your safety? If that was ever like a thing? Yeah, I think my mom has always, I think we had talked about this in an earlier podcast too. Like when I was like, my mom thinks I'm going to like die before I'm 30. <laughs> it's like worried. And it's because like, you know, um, mental illness and it just, um, unfortunately I have some pretty reckless tendencies. 
like the same pretty level head like not level-headed but like you know I'm, I'm self-aware of this rate yeah. um but I think like that's her concern is that like you know is this impulsiveness um because that's also a strong issue for me um and just like are you going to be reckless and are you going to get yourself into trouble by going somewhere that you shouldn't go or doing something or saying something because someone looked at you the wrong way and someone, yeah. And someone said something and you you have a very short temper and are you going to get yourself? Because my thing is I would get like that. I would get pissed. I would say something. And then that, and and that would, you know, cause a reaction and make things complicated. So I think there is like a bit of fear because she just knows that, I get myself into trouble a lot and I probably wouldn't stand for anybody saying anything or doing anything um, that would make me feel like I'm being like pinpointed or targeted, you know? I can fully say with a hundred percent honesty that if I was single, I probably would have gotten in a lot more trouble, but, and my partner is very good at reminding me, like I have people to come home to Mm -hmm. and like, the number of times I've had to bite my tongue walking home, coming, like being out with friends and someone said something or, and like 90% of the time, it's not even directed at me anymore. And that's also this new, like weird reality that I'm living in where I am no longer perceived as an easy target. Mm -hmm. I am perceived as like equal to the people that I used to walk home being scared of. And that's a very strange feeling as well. Yeah, you're like led into this little club. And it's such yeah, a different and side. And I don't want to be in there. I don't want to <laughs> no. Let Not me out. <laughs> so like when we go out walking sometimes, we are often also not perceived as like a queer couple. I mean, mm. we're definitely we're definitely perceived as like a weird looking couple because people try to place <laughs> both of us and they're like, we don't really get it. we don't I I think eventually people are like oh that those are two queer people Mm -hmm. but it's it's interesting especially also being in that place where I'm like how do I let people know that I'm queer when I'm out in public because before it was so easy I had a shaved head and piercings and tattoos. My head was half neon green. I'm wearing yeah. half the fucking time, you know? Like I, I really like what they did in Dairy Girls. If you've watched that show, it's one of my favorite shows. When, um, I'm forgetting her name now, comes out as a lesbian. They all start wearing just a little rainbow enamel pin. Yeah. That's my shit. That's my and shit. I, and I, I love that. I love what it all represents. I think we are so off topic, but I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing, it, it's because it's become, it's become this like capitalist thing. Yeah. I, I was flipping through. I love Canadian Tire. Anyone who Me knows too. can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I love Canadian Tire. When I'm sad, I go walk the aisles of Canadian Tire. Um, <laughs> it's just something so comforting for me. I was flipping through the Canadian Tire flyer today, looking at all their Christmas decorations because I need garland. Oh no, do they have the gay ornaments? Even worse. They have a shirtless Santa Claus inflatable and right next to it, they had the LGBTQ snowman who's wearing a rainbow sweater. And I thought, I love the visibility. I love it. I'm so glad we have it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but like especially canadian tire like can we just say like the demographic like you think of a, a canadian tire like in northern ontario that's like how would they receive a shirtless santa with a rainbow like a pride snowman well and that's probably the thing. very unexpected that they threw that in there and that is great Theory? that should be celebrated Practice. yeah Again, right the, the theory is with visib- higher visibility means higher safety. No, what that actually means, especially in the context of this, higher visibility, less safety. Because who, the, who do they think is going to storm Canadian Tire? It's going to be all of the bigots after church. Sorry, got to say it. Yeah. It is. It is. They so. did an intentional air show in Chilliwack the same day as Pride. I said, that's not a fucking... It was it's, an accident. A, it's the Bible Belt. It's a, and it's predominantly Dutch here, which is very interesting, but, no, it's uh, <laughs> but it's like, it's the Bible Belt. Yeah. And where are they going to go? They're going to go see a fucking air show instead of storming. I can't tell you how many anti-abortion signs I see in a day driving to work. Like it's actually fucking insane. It's so shit, but you know, it's, it's interesting. Because it is, it is them, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, it's just interesting. Like, I, I really do think, like, when you said, like, you know, you look back on, like, how you're dressing and how you're behaving and, like, it all just makes sense now. And it's, like, I think back to you and I'm, like, I was really out here on this podcast at Chris being, like, it's just, like, how I am. It's just, like, what I, what, one time, you know how Chris and I get, like, we can get into some pretty heated debates. Oh, yeah. Um, Sometimes I just <laughs> sit back and I'm, like... Yeah, and it's it can be really intense. And I think yeah. one time you're doing one, and um, Chris is very analytical, mm-hmm. very um, you need to lay out the facts. They need to see these facts laid out, and they need to be specific, and they need to be exact examples. I'm very like, I'll trust what you're saying, like whatever, like let's fluid discussion, like very much like all right, I go by gut. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. And so we were talking about I think bisexuality or something like that, and I said. Um, it's fluid and I pulled up all this stuff and I did a bunch of research for it so I was really stoked on the episode and Chris and I had like varying opinions on it and I was like no like everyone's gonna have a different opinion and it was like a whole thing we got into this huge debate anyway somehow it got into the fact that um, of like identity and not being fluid or whatever and I said you know I'm just Sam I use the she her pronouns someone called me Mr. once and I realized in that sense like I'll never want to be he him that's for damn sure um, she, her, that's Gucci by me. That's fine. Like I, per- like that's, that's fine. That's whatever. And, but I'm just Sam at the end of the day. Like I'm just Sam and I, it doesn't need to be any deeper than that. Like, I don't care. I don't, I don't, I just want to be me. Yeah. And then Chris is like, this is what the, <laughs> and then, and then Chris is like, okay, but like, do you, like, when you think about how you're dressing, like, how do you dress? And I said, well, I dress kind of gay. Like, let's be honest. And then we were having this huge discussion and I was like, let me just be me. I just want to be me. It doesn't mean anything. And I was like trying to like almost convince myself, I think in a way. And I think, (laughs) I think that's why we're so loud about it when we first come out, because we need to validate ourselves because no one else Mm -hmm. is doing it for us. With your friend too. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, I like, I remember when I first moved to Toronto, every chance I got, I was like, I'm queer, I'm non-binary, I'm trans, but also my name is Callum. Like, it was like, let me put my identity and my, who I am first, and Mm -hmm. then you can get to know my name, because if you don't respect this, you don't respect this. Now, you want to know who I am? Follow me on Instagram. I need the numbers. (laughs) 
<laughs> like it, I'm so fine with who I am that, mm-hmm. and I mean, Chris and I kind of chatted about this too when it came, when we were talking about our pronouns, coming out with our pronouns. I remember it took me a while, but like a year into using they, them pronouns, I started correcting everybody. Everybody, you can you can make it two steps, two words past your misgendering of me before I correct mm-hmm. you. And now, if I don't correct you, it means that, like, it doesn't mean anything because mm-hmm. I know who I am. And so I think like it. I think it's part of the coming out process, and it's part mm-hmm. of figuring out who you are and how you want to engage with people about who your identity is. Because like, I'm not fighting for my identity for the rest of you. And that's like. Yeah, that's actually a really powerful way to say that. I'm not fighting my identity for you. Yeah. And I mean, not saying you should say that to your mom, but like, that's a great way to also say it, like, to other people. It's like, my identity is mine. And how, like, she's been so accepting. She's been so attentive at listening to you this entire time. It's like, great. That's your journey literally everyone else's journey is to listen to us or watch us or cheer for us go through all of this just like our journey is to do that for them mm-hmm. mom if you're listening we love <laughs> I actually saw the podcast in her Spotify <laughs> I had to take a photo I love that I, I know I thought that. it was really cute I was like oh you do listen to it that's really sweet mom um... dad if you ever hear this I'm not sorry oh that's so good I don't know I just think it's just like it was not expecting that I think I was like so shocked we were like sitting in the car and like I was just like what the fuck are you talking about right now like what do you mean yeah and I think it is true I think it's it's one thing to say it and to like be like yeah no it makes sense that's who you are and then it's another just to really hear it and to really see it yeah um and again like I understand her concerns I think um you know, I am impulsive and I am a bit reckless and I've made really stupid decisions in my life, uh, all of which I don't regret by any means. But um, I can understand as a parent the cause for concern in that too of, oh, is this like an episode? <laughs> and it's like, no. And, and that can be a little bit defeating as well when somebody can chalk it off to you, you know, and you can see it on everything too or they're like oh is this because media is talking about it more is this because you're on the internet so much like it can be really invalidating and fuck even if it was who cares like if that's the journey I'm on and I'm gonna realize that eventually then that's I'm gonna realize it eventually yeah. but let me just this is my piece let right me now realize I need to it. accept it yeah yeah y'all sat back for so long and just waited until I realized it Fucking we, didn't even we, give me a hint yeah we love an active participant we love an active audience um, we hate when they pick and choose when to get involved. You know, that's why when you go see Rocky Horror, they give you a script of when you're supposed to jump in. Otherwise, they just sit there staring at the screen the whole time. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's just weird how the world works and just how that works. Ridiculous, though. For so long, so many years, none of you said shit. <laughs> well, I guess that's like, it's one of those things where like you can go on living your life and you can go on doing whatever. And the people who want to stick around and the people who want to support you in theory 
and in practice will be there. Well, exactly. And that's fucking hard. You can lose a lot of people. I've lost a lot of people, but the ones who stick around, they're the real, they're the real VIPs. Mm-hmm. Low us. We found our way back. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Just um, that everyone just kind of was like, she'll figure it out. Yeah. And we'll just be here for it and support her when she gets there. And I think, again, just like super, super lucky with everyone that I've had in my life and the life that I've had. Um, that it's just never really been a struggle for me. And I want to acknowledge that privilege and that honor um, because not everyone has, has that experience. Um, but there's still challenges within that too. Yeah. And that's it's not okay. always easy peasy. Do you have any uh, words of, wisdom or advice to anyone oh my like god a final little tidbit <laughs> well i'm still out here figuring it out so i think like never never um don't think that that like how do i say this just because you're dead set on who you are right now does not mean that that's who you're going to be in a year from now or two years from now or five years from now um they're like everyone should be constantly growing and evolving and being the best version of themselves and with that comes understanding and reflection and realizing things about yourself and if I'm not like a sure sign of that or you're not a sure sign of that or Chris is not a sure sign of that then I don't know what is because I think the three of us are really in tune with reflection and like trying to be better versions of ourselves and trying to understand the world and ourselves and you know what makes being human like what makes the world you know turn and I think we're still constantly like grasping who we are and our our identity within being queer as well because it's constantly changing accepting that is important and also allowing yourself that room to maybe you think you know right now or maybe you don't know right now and that is okay Thank you. Thank you. She is not well-spoken, but that is all right. <laughs> hey, we're all just out here trying our damnedest. I really, I, I am. <laughs> we really are. Fighting for my life. <laughs> oh my goodness.